Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to episode 78 of Talk 4, the quickfire podcast where we ask four great questions to unique and interesting people. Behind the mic today is your host, Louis Scoopian. That's me. And uh, let me introduce our special guest for today, Ed Scott, who's going to be answering our questions today. Ed, welcome aboard the Talk 4 podcast, man. Please say hi to the fine people listening and just give us a quick rundown of who you are and what you do before we shoot a few questions. What's going on? Um, my name is Ed Scott, like I said, um, and I'm a professional parkour athlete. So for those of you that don't know what parkour is, um, it's a lot. You might have seen it in films like James Bond or on your Instagram or TikTok feed. Um, it involves lots of jumping about, sometimes at height, sometimes at the ground level. But yeah, jumping, flipping, um, kind of navigating through an environment um, with a bit of style, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the craziness that you call style is quite literally craziness, man. I mean, <laughs> looking at the videos today, it's just insane the things that you can do. And um, well, I think we uh, we may have a few mutual friends here because um, I've had Dom Di Tommaso on the podcast no before, way. and Toby Segar as well, and a guy called Brian Prince. So um, yeah, I imagine yeah. you know those guys, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are legends. Uh, I saw Dom like a couple of days ago. Same with Toby, and I saw Brian last time I was in America. So yeah, it's cool. That's that's crazy. That's that they're not that sick. I love how the parkour community is. Um, it's like a really sort of closed one. It's very small world in there. Like everyone seems to know everyone. So yeah. it's so, so awesome. But yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's like one of the most beautiful parts about the sport. Like everyone Absolutely. knows everyone and you can you can go to any city in the world and someone will be able to show you the spots or a good place to go to get some food and stuff. So, yeah, that's part of the reason why we love it absolutely well um i tell you what man so going on to question one let's kind of rewind the clocks a bit here then so um we see the amazing stuff you do now but obviously there's like a big journey and a progression to it so how did you get into parkour and free running and what inspired you to uh, get started there yeah so so for me um it all came from gymnastics pretty much so when i was two years old i went to a gymnastics class which you might be thinking it's pretty young to be going to gymnastics at two. Honestly, <laughs> yep. I don't really know what we were doing. My mum must have been holding my hand and I've been bouncing on a trampoline or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was a high energy kid and um, my mum needed to take me somewhere to burn off some energy. So I started gymnastics and I did that from ages from two to about 14 um, mm -hmm. and then went through went to national competitions, went and trained at Lillishaw for some people that know that's like the high performing um, place to go in gymnastics. I went there a couple of times and yeah, really enjoyed and loved the sport. But as I was getting older, I was, um, YouTube was, was about, and, um, I kind of wanted a bit more freedom. Um, you, uh, although gymnastics is a fantastic sport and I recommend anyone to try it, it is very regimented. Um, and the open-endedness of parkour was really appealing to me as I was sort of getting out of my, my, in my later stages of, of gymnastics. So, yeah, I started watching YouTube videos, uh, a guy called Damian Walters and Tim Sheaf. Um, and yeah, just sort of started to replicate what I saw in his videos. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much just kind of like take my gymnastics style and the flips that I'd learned and then try and apply them outside, um, which was which was terrifying to start with. Obviously, in gymnastics, there's crash mats everywhere and safety is like paramount. Whereas when I was starting parkour, I was learning the stuff in the gym club and then taking it the next stages, which is the concrete, which is like quite menacing when you've come from a, a, a soft play area into the real world. <laughs> but uh, yeah, through, through gymnastics and then kind of got into parkour that way. 
Mm. It's funny how that works because that's kind of like the, the typical progression for people like around our age as well. Because like a few years ago, you know, however long it was when we, we were all kids, um, yeah. parkour wasn't like one of those things that was really well known. And it was, I think, it's really grown over the last few years. And I think that's a lot to do with the kind of the YouTube side of things too. Like you, you got you had those guys you looked up to. Um, I had a go at it for a while too, and I think it was like yeah. Jesse Lafleur, Lafleur, yeah, Parker yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just great fun, and then you go out and yeah. you start doing these things, and it's healthy and it's awesome. But yeah. yeah, so talk to me about that, like that progression. Then, so you talk about obviously gymnastics and stuff, and it's a very kind of controlled environment. But then you've got these things that you do where it's like there's obviously a lot higher risk. So how do you actually kind of? I know it's an obvious question, but how do you actually manage that progression to go from that to like even just a backflip, and then the next stage which is like these really risky things how do you yeah. kind of cope with that journey so a lot of people when when searching up parkour on youtube or on instagram they just see like the best you've ever done so if you go on instagram you'll just see a highlight reel pretty much of the best stuff i've ever done and the stuff that looks like i'm doing every day but i'm just not um mm. the the way that we go about it, the way that I go about it personally is I, I train a lot in gyms. So I'll go to the gymnastics club and I'll try it hundreds of times onto foam blocks or onto like a crash mat or something like that. And then you slowly start to take stuff out. So yeah, perfect example is a backflip. I started doing backflips when I was very, very young, but it was all in like a soft area. And then you mm. take it from um, like the gym often or take it to sand next and then I'll take it to grass and then I'll take it to concrete. Um, and they're just kind of like the natural progressions that you can go through. Um, obviously, you can kind of jump stages if uh, like you have a specific thing that you want to do in a specific place. You can't like say you want to flip off a handrail and the only handrail you can find is on concrete. You might yeah. have you'd have to skip, skip some stages. But um, for the most part, it's yeah, take it in the gym, really learn it, home it in. And then you go to sand, grass, and then onto the concrete. But the, the whole the whole thing for us is we want to be a hundred percent sure that we're doing the skill safely and correctly when it matters. So when we're doing it onto concrete, you need to make sure that you have it in the locker or as close to perfect as you can. Because uh, yeah, we don't want to get injured. Like the last thing we want to do is hurting ourselves. And if we hurt ourselves, then we can't train anymore. We miss out on mm. competitions and all that sort of thing. So although it looks very rad radical and dangerous it's it's a lot safer than than people tend to see that's funny how you mentioned that as well because it's like it's one of those taboos of the whole thing isn't it because people only see like the stunts and and yeah, a lot of the, people can see the that rooftops they, and stuff they think that's just dangerous or reckless yeah, or exactly. this kind of thing but there's so much like build up to that the unseen stuff isn't there actually yeah. this really leads well into question two then so obviously like we've kind of touched on um as like a consumer or someone we see the videos we see the stunts but not a lot of like what goes on in the background which is obviously the huge massive part of actually pulling these things off so yeah what are some of the things that you've done outside of the things that we see in the videos that are benefiting your athleticism like the most so whether that's gym stuff or diet what do you think is having like the biggest impact on your your growth so for me, it's definitely going to the gym. So in, in both ways, really. So I'll go to a gymnastics club to really learn those skills and home the skills in, but also go into the weights gym. And I've been doing that for probably in that around four or five years now. So trying to offset some of the 
impact and um yeah impact and kind of stuff that we're doing in parkour where it's really dominant and you're coming down from high from high heights and landing and then rolling and a lot of pressure is going through your joints your ankles and your knees that tends to be like the main hotspot areas for people mm-hmm. to hurt um so i've been doing lots of work in the gym so obviously your, your standard um power lifting so your squats your deadlifts um, and a bit of bench press um, but then again we've been doing lots of I've been getting into um, um, what was it like competition Olympic lifting so the snatches yeah. and the cleans and stuff like that as well and tend to find like Bulgarian split squats and all those sort of things and now now my non-negotiables pretty much like every week I go to the gym because I need to make sure that my knees are strong because as you see on like in, on YouTube and on Instagram and stuff like that, we're taking lots of impact pretty regularly. Um, and then it also comes down to like um, session management. So if I know that I'm going to be taking lots of impact on one session, then I'll try and do that in a specific session and give myself a couple of days off, maybe go and do some other stuff. Um, the beautiful thing about parkour is it's so open-ended. So today, take today as an example, it's quite a heavy day. We took lots of impact today. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to um, a parkour park, which is a place specifically built for parkour, which has lots of swings. So I'll just be swinging, doing lots of like flips and tricks in between bars. So mm-hmm. it's less impact on the legs, more on the upper body. And I think that kind of my experience within parkour and because I've been in it now for so long, that's really played to that now of understanding of when I can push and when I should ease off and push another area. Um, yeah, that, that tends to be the best way for me. Mm, it's basically a grown dude's playground, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, there's there's not enough of them in, in the UK, unfortunately. If you go over to, yeah, like Scandinavia and places like that, they just everywhere. It's, it's so, so sick to see. It's so sick to see. Well, it's funny, actually, because um, I live about half an hour out of Taunton. I was just there today playing tennis, actually. I noticed you'd actually done some training sessions at that park there. It's like behind the Asda, I think. And I've been there there before and stuff. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we're going tomorrow. So we're going to go and train there because unfortunately, uh, I I live in Exeter. I've just moved to Bristol, but I live in Mm -hmm. Exeter. And the closest parkour park to Exeter is Taunton. So it's like a 40 40 minute drive, 45 minute drive, maybe, um, which is quite annoying. The Exeter Council will need to sort it out and get a parkour park built. But um, yeah, massive big ups to the Taunton parkour community and Taunton Council for getting one built because it's a small one, but it's it's designed so well, so well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we'll discuss it after the podcast, but I'd love to rock up and uh, have yeah, a look man, at some of the down. craziness or something. <laughs> yeah, come yeah, down, man. come down. I will for sure. Um, right. So a different kind of side of like all this now and stuff is an interesting one. But obviously, we're all content creators here, right? So uh, as I'm sure you know, mere content by itself and just like videos and clips and stuff. It's pretty obsolete nowadays. And there's like a lot of competition out there and stuff like the, the volume of stuff going into these hashtags and these topics is massive. So what have been like some of the most effective things that you've seen and like tips and stuff that you have for growing the following that you have and getting successful in social media with this i think for me it's uh it's all about consistency so mm. i've been i've been very lucky on instagram i've managed to grow like a bit of a following um tiktok is like i feel like it's a completely different thing um but for instagram specifically and a little bit on youtube to be fair as long as i'm consistently posting um and like keeping a regular something up on a story or something like kind of being active and using the app that tends to be the way that I've managed to to grow the following that I have. Um, I posted like daily for years 
um, just because I would go out and train, stack so many clips, then post daily and then mm. go train again and stack more. So that that was that was a big growth for me. Um, but it, it's so hard to predict nowadays that the algorithm is always changing, um, especially on Instagram. Something that would, would be working six months ago wouldn't doesn't really work now. Um, mm. But I think just keeping an eye on what's doing well um, and also not like putting too much on it. Um, when I go out training, I'm I'm focusing on what I enjoy doing. And then if that's so happens to do well on Instagram, it does well on Instagram. Um, yeah. A lot of people can get really wound up on only training specific things um, where, and then the enjoyment's kind of out of it. You're not really doing it for yourself anymore. You're kind of doing it for the algorithm. But yeah. I don't know, I, I enjoy training and I enjoy filming. Um, there's a whole like filming sites to what mm -hmm. works well on Instagram, like 0.5 and all these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I think if you're showing your movement clearly, this is kind of parkour specific, but actually it's not really. If you're showing your movement um, clearly um, and you've got a good cover photo and you're being consistent, then that seems to have worked for me. <laughs> yeah, this certainly seems that way, man. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of platforms out there now and there's a lot of kind of noise and it's hard to kind of decide for where to actually really prioritize clips so have you is there anything that you've seen in kind of like the new social media and platforms and things that is like some sort of a step above in terms of going viral like is it tiktok is it youtube shorts is it reels is there anything that you're seeing that's like really a bit more explosive than than the uh, than the mass so uh on on instagram like where i'm only posting reels and stuff like that um mm. and they're very short at the moment but i'm I'm playing around like lots of people that I know post really long reels with like voiceovers and stuff like that. And that tends to do really well. Um, but then some of my other friends are literally just doing their movement. It's like six seconds long and that also does really well. So it's kind of a little bit of a game. Um, mm. for me, my TikTok did really well at the start when, when we first got onto TikTok, it, um, it just kind of exploded and did, did really well. It was something like the first four posts on TikTok were really important. Like if you, did really well on those first four posts, then you managed to get a big following from it. Um, but now with the algorithm changing, lots of people that I know are getting strikes for their content. So even though, as I've just explained, we're doing things safely, um, TikTok thinks that this is dangerous <laughs> and reckless and um, yeah, it's striking lots and lots of people. Lots of people that I know have had millions of followers on TikTok, but they've posted too many parkour clips and their accounts have been and taken down or yeah which is which is crazy it was crazy um <laughs> but yeah i think that the best the best one is is youtube really because that shows the behind the scenes and it shows that it's safe and it shows that we're not all going up on roofs every day and risking mm -hmm. our lives um but that's the hardest one i find to grow so uh yeah consistency it always comes back down to that for me interesting stuff man oh god yeah i tell you what's so true it's like you have all these bits of content and they all tend to be fine and they are like that with it they just snap it straight off the thing but yeah then you have something like these fake accounts or something and then they're messaging all my followers and my friends and stuff and they've like literally replicated my account reported about 50 times to instagram yeah. nothing. nothing silence yeah yeah, <laughs> it's yeah awful the annoying thing for us is often we'll do something that we're really proud of we'll post it on instagram and it won't do very well on our accounts, but another account will rip it and put it on theirs and it will blow up on theirs. And that's the most annoying one, man. You like, you work really hard on doing a trick. It's really scary. You commit to it after like even hours of just like um and ah in 
um and then it gets like a couple of k and then you go onto someone else's account and it's got millions of views oh for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the game it's the game like where's what it is yeah i suppose that's it that is true man but um so i feel like kind of from watching parkour and stuff like we kind of mentioned was it before the podcast i think it was but we mentioned like how oh yeah it was on the podcast <laughs> <My bad. laughs> yeah so we mentioned kind of like how community driven parkour is and it's a fantastic thing and um like if you're starting out or something i mean if, if you look at like stora there's like individual guys with individual accounts of a load of followers and then they kind of pull together to make this one big sort of behemoth account too which then yeah, yeah. in turn builds that one and then it also builds their ones too so um in, if you're kind of new looking to kind of get into the community obvious question but how do you get into the community if you're like really new and um how yeah. do you sort of find a team or something if you want yeah. to go down that route so often um lots of places will be using a Facebook group or maybe an Instagram group or a hashtag or something like that, that they use regularly. So you'll be able to find out. So here in Exeter, there's like an Exeter parkour uh, group on Facebook, um, which people will post in when they're going to go training, um, which anyone can find, like it's open to go and find um, people will post in there when they go training and then like people just come out and train and, the beautiful thing about the sport is that we'll just teach each other. Like there's no like kind of roles or whatever. If someone new comes out, then you might just give them some tips on, I don't know how to land properly or stuff like that. But it, because it is so open-ended, you can just go out and try and learn. Um, mm. YouTube is fantastic for it. There's hundreds of thousands of how to's on how to run and jump to a wall or how to do a front flip or all these sorts of things. So because of the the social media that we're in today, like uh, you can kind of pick anything up. I feel like um, through learning through YouTube or Instagram, um, and also the the community is so small that if you end up wanting to go out training and you're not sure how about doing it, if you like search up like I don't know parkour and Taunton, there'll be someone that's posting using parkour and Taunton, and then nice. message them and kind of go out with them. Yeah. Nice stuff, man. Good advice. Um, on on that on that note, then actually leads nice as a question for. So, um, do you have any kind of tips and stuff for people getting into parkour and free running? And like, long story short, how do you kind of progress to learning to do some of the crazy stuff that you guys can do without breaking your neck? <laughs> yeah. So I I find that um yeah trying to get into a class, especially if you're new, is like fantastic. You'll see your progression just double if you've if you've got someone that's there that's willing to coach and is able to coach and understands movement you try and get to a class if you can um also try and get to a gym there's there's lots and lots of gyms now in the uk which are parkour specific so uh in the southwest not so much the closest one in the southwest is fluidity which is in cardiff um, which is a bit of a drive but if you've got a group of friends that want to learn then head on there um but if you just search up parkour parks and if you go onto the Parkour UK uh, uh, website and type in your city, it will give you a list of what parks or what um, gyms are open. Um, and just getting into like a safe environment is is way easier to learn. Um, if that's not an option for you, then I the progression of beach, uh, of sand, grass, concrete seems to work for a lot of people. Um, and also just like doing it with friends. So if you're going out on your own, see if you can pull in your brother or sister or your best mate to just come out and try it with you. Um, creativity is one of the main aspects of our sport. So the beautiful thing is there's no right way of doing anything. So 
if you are learning something and you tend to you find that doing it one way works for you and doing it the other way works for your friend there's no right or wrong there you can you can learn and have a go um so yeah do it with a friend and try and get to a, a class or a gym if you can definitely yeah sound advice and um, are there any like red flags that you look for in terms of these classes and gyms and stuff or do you think like pretty much anything kind of goes as long as it's got like the the material and the obstacles and stuff or is there like something that you'd say if they have this don't do this or <laughs> um it tend it tends to be pretty good um again the, the community is so small so everyone knows everyone so kind of we can all hold each other accountable for mm. like bad techniques or stuff like that but again like watching watching youtube and watching how people like stora or myself or dom is doing things um is a massive a massive thing and you can kind of get a, a gauge of like okay this is the kind of the progression for that or the uh, yeah progression for another thing um yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah just like breaking it down if your classes are breaking everything down for you and you're picking them up really quickly then yeah it's good for you if then maybe if they're just like ah just chuck it and maybe have a look maybe try and go somewhere else but often yeah. if i'm not <laughs> they'll be all right <laughs> nice advice man and um, so yeah last thing um bit of kind of trivia and stuff so you've obviously been doing some crazy stuff recently we're going to make this a two-part question so part one how was britain's got talent looked like it did amazingly <laughs> and part two is uh have you got anything else similar like really kind of big that you're looking forward to coming up soon that we can expect to see so yeah man britain's got talent was crazy um it was such a cool experience um yeah we we got on and did the audition we we got to the audition in the morning around seven o'clock um we that was the first time that we actually saw the course mm -hmm. usually to go onto the show and stuff you're practicing for months and months we we made it up in the morning um and then went on the show practiced it three times and then did it in front of simon Carl, and he absolutely loved it um which was crazy and then we went and did uh it in the semi-finals and that was that was so cool we were very lucky we got to do like a vt section sort of halfway through our performance so we had mm -hmm. did some stuff on the stage we ran off and then we did there was like a pre-recorded section which we did the day before, which was, um, it really helped us. Um, it meant that we could really show off our skills. Doing parkour is all about your environment and there's not much to do on an empty stage in the middle of the uh, <laughs> arena. So it was it was blessed that we were able to go out and really show off what we we're able to do and then come back on and do it in front of the judges and stuff. So it went down really, really well, which we were really happy with. Um, and hopefully it's got a couple more people into parkour, which was which was kind of the aim, like more eyeballs on the sport. We love doing it. So yeah, it's fantastic that fantastic mm -hmm. that yeah, the ITV enjoyed it and wanted to get us on and do it at the semis as well. So mm. yeah, it's good. And then in regards to the future, um, I'm going to hopefully go up and shoot some stuff for YouTube. That's going to be kind of my main angle now. Um, I haven't got any more like TV shows or anything like that lined up. Um, not saying that I wouldn't want to, it just, it hasn't come up <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be focusing a lot on YouTube and hopefully going up to Scotland soon to shoot like, a piece work um with it with like a proper cameraman and stuff so that should be really good hopefully hopefully get some like big brands involved with that so yeah maybe watch awesome. out for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff man and uh, all right last little bit of trivia then so obviously kind of like all these jumps all these tricks and stuff it takes kind of nerves of steel doesn't it and uh obviously you kind of see all these things and there's bits of bright and large crowds and everything and um obviously like i said 
nerves are still clearly but were you nervous before Britain Scott talent? <laughs> oh, of course, man. Of course. I, I, to be fair, I wasn't as nervous as like a competition. A competition, I get really, really nervous for, um, because that's when I'm I'm doing my hardest things. Um, for Britain's Got Talent, we weren't doing the hardest stuff we could. We were doing stuff that looks really good on camera, and for the audience to kind of understand. If you if you do a round off triple twisting double back in front of a random member of the public they'll often say but can you still do a backflip so yeah. it's um we we wanted to do stuff that looks impressive and looks showy um but the whole live aspect of it that was the bit that was uh, a bit nerve-wracking the fact that you couldn't you couldn't go up there and trip over and then that's it you you've done it in front of the whole the whole of uh, the UK pretty much <laughs> so yeah that that was the most nerve-wracking bit but yeah, it was it was a fun experience, super fun experience. It really sounds like it. I mean, I'm <laughs> absolutely breaking it. But yeah, have you yeah. got a, have you got a favorite move or favorite stunts or something like? And if you had to kind of, how can I dress this up to make it sound really good? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to like delete every parkour move bar one. What are yeah. you keeping? Like, what's your favorite? Um, there's a skill that uh, I think I'm one of the only people to have done, um, which is called a half ahara, which is if you imagine like a, a cone shaped roof, you okay. cartwheel up the roof, you miss your legs and then you cartwheel back down the other side. Um, and I was, where was I? I was in a abandoned hotel um, in Devon somewhere. Um, and I saw this roof and I was like, no way, that would be amazing to try. Went to the gym, practiced it a bunch, took some um, bouldering crash mats to the spot um, and then ended up shooting a video there completely in the dark. Um, we had bought some like, spotlights and stuff. And then, yeah, I, I learned that skill on the job and managed to get that one done. But I think probably that one, just because I was one of the first people to do it. Um, and nice. not many people have done it since. So, yeah, probably keep that one. Awesome stuff, man. Well, I tell you what, that has been the uh, 400 bit questions done for today. And uh, before we wrap this one up, it is time for what I like to call the uh, the shameless plug. So uh, <laughs> Ed, feel free to take a minute and just promote anything you're working on, your pages, social media, or just anything you believe and send my yeah, people yeah. where you want. Sick. Uh, well, Instagram is probably the word most uh, most commonly used for me. Um, so that's Ed Scott one. And then YouTube, I'm trying to be more consistent on. So that's just Ed Scott. And then have a look at TikTok if you want, which is Ed C. Scott. Um, but yeah, apart from that, go and have a go at parkour. You'll enjoy it. Just have a That's try. That's a great idea. I want to <laughs> around it off. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ed, thank you so much for joining me today for the Talk for podcast. Absolute pleasure having you on, man. No worries. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. No worries. It's been a good one. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 78. And if you'd like to listen to the past episodes, go and have a look at our channel. And if you'd like to listen in for the future ones, make sure to hit that subscribe button and spread some love by leaving a like and a comment. Signing off for now. <laughs>